There are two Bible readings today, the first from Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 to 4. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive our sins, for we also forgive anyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. The second Bible reading is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 13. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Well, good morning, everybody. Nice to see you on your faces, and hello to the people uh, online. As we come to look at God's word this morning, let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it speaks to our hearts and to our minds and to our souls. And we pray that you will guide us and lead us in all truth this morning through your Holy Spirit. Amen. It was with interest when I sat down uh, the first Sunday a few, uh, about a month or so ago, and I saw on your screen the Lord's Prayer. And I thought, wow, that's pretty good. And week after week, it's, it's been there. I've preached around the place, uh, up the mountains, down in the city, and the Lord's Prayer is not that popular. But it's good to see. And so when uh, Jeff asked me to extend my uh, uh, run here at Epping, I thought, well, let's have a good look at the Lord's Prayer. Because... Sometimes our prayers begin by rushing into a, a series of petitions in which we pour out our hearts to God, we lump him with our problems, our needs, our irritations, and really it just reinforces the focus of our attention is on us. What's troubling me? What's troubling us and our inability to remedy, remedy the situation. 
And sometimes we feel even more depressed and frustrated after we pray than before. Uh, in his book, uh, Studies of the, Lord, the Lord's Prayer, uh, Alan Redpath sums it up how many, how uh, we feel even though they've prayed. When we've finished our praying, we can scarcely bring ourselves to believe that our feeble words can have been heard or that they can have made any difference in the things concerning us about which we've been praying. We've said our prayers, but we've not prayed. Now, it's an interesting concept, isn't it? Jesus gave the Lord's Prayer in response to the disciples' request, Lord, teach us how to pray. Now, could you imagine what it was like for these Jewish men to be sitting there with Jesus when he prayed? Jewish men were required to pray three times a day, in the morning, at noon, and in the afternoon. And they would have had a series of set prayers, which they would have been taught, would have been drummed into them from when they were young boys, a series of 19 petitions, some of them multiple sentences and some multiple paragraphs, which they would have repeated and rabbited over the years. How amazing then it would have been to sit with Jesus and hear him pray. See, Jesus gave the Lord's Prayer in that response to the disciples. They've, this is new. This is different. So he says, In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He said, there's a difference between saying that rote prayer that you've known for years and to praying. He said to them, don't be like the others. Don't be like the hypocrites who go out in public and make a big show of praying. He said, go to your room. Do it quietly. Pray to your heavenly Father. There are some that would argue that this isn't really the Lord's Prayer. Maybe the prayer recorded in John 17 deserves uh, that title. But whether we call it the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer, as long as we recognise that it is a model of prayer. Obviously, the Lord's Prayer was not given just to recite as a ritual, as I've said. 
It was given as an outline, an outline of prayer that is acceptable to God. Doesn't go on too long. It hits the basics. There's something tremendously important about the way Jesus answered the disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. And so he said, well, pray like this. Pray in these circumstances. The point is that you learn to pray by praying. The Lord's Prayer was given to show the disciples how to pray because they'd been used to just reciting it, just repeating the words over and over again. The Lord's Prayer was to be a model prayer. It's to be prayed through. And this is what I hope we can look at over the next few weeks as we learn to pray through the Lord's Prayer, not just simply mumble off the words. Maybe we get confused with the these and thous and different versions. It's to be prayed through. The difference between saying the Lord's Prayer and praying the Lord's Prayer is huge. The Lord's Prayer is more often just mindlessly repeated than prayed. And it is quite ironic, as I said, in the context in Matthew, was don't be like the hypocrites. Don't just rattle off the words, these meaningless words. He doesn't want to repeat the prayer over and over again. He said the pagans think they'll uh, make contact with their God by simply babbling on. Secondly, Jesus wants us to know that God does hear our prayers, but not based on the length of our prayers. Effective prayer is not measured by how long or by how loud you pray. Or even if you say the words of the Lord's Prayer over and over and over, your prayer life will be effective when you pray through the Lord's Prayer. When you are sincere about your approach to God, when you're asking for the right things by what we say. And it's the intention over the next few weeks in examining the Lord's Prayer that is a pattern of prayer for us. Hopefully we'll attempt to break through that familiarity, saying it by rote, that it may start to sink in as we separate the individual parts and go through them and examining them. Hopefully, with the insights that we can gain, it will transform our prayer life as we can pray with new confidence and effectiveness. But before we look at the Lord's Prayer, especially the first one, it contains... Uh, what's called three of the thy petitions. Thy will be done, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. 
And the second one is a, a group of four, the us petitions. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. These are what we're going to examine. These are the words. But to start off, we have to have the right approach. How do we approach the God of the universe? The Lord's Prayer says, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And that's pretty startling. Our Father in heaven. One of the problems that can arise by ascribing God the Father is the weaknesses and failings and inconsistencies that we see in our earthly fathers. The word Father does not automatically arouse the same feeling of warm, happy thoughts, great memories in every mind. Some have had earthly fathers who are harsh, who are unloving, who are vacant. To a large degree, we extend to God the Father, perhaps unconsciously, the same feelings we've had towards our own earthly father. For some, learning to see God as their loving heavenly father isn't an easy thing at all. But the fact remains that Jesus tells us and he's stating the importance of starting our prayer with the awareness of God as our father. What Jesus is teaching here is pretty dramatic. The word Jesus used for father is, is not a formal word. It is a common Aramaic word which a child would use to address a father, the word Abba. Of course, everyone used the word. It was not a special word, but a, a word that would kind of say, Dad, dearest father. It is a, a word of respect. It is an intimate word. It is the word of a child to a parent. Abba, father. God has sent his spirit to us. And because of that, you and I are children of God. And so children addressing the parent. Dearest father, dad, we come to him because his spirit is in our hearts and we are children of God and we can cry out Abba Father so wrapped up in the expression our Father is a new dimension of an intimate communion with God 
The same intimacy that exists between that child and a father exists between them and God. And that was difficult. Because in the society where Jesus uh, spoke, God was never seen that intimately. He was the one hidden behind the curtain. He's the, the distant one, the one who you could not approach. He was one you could not even say his real name. And so there was this picture of a faraway God. But Jesus says, no, he pulls it into the family. He says, God, the creator of the heavens, God, the sustainer of life, is as intimate to you as your father. And so there is this father-child relationship that helps us understand the richness of our spiritual heritage. It provides us with a sense of being loved. That's one of man's greatest needs, that sense of being loved and the sense of loving. In his book, Abba Father, the Lord's Pattern for Prayer, uh, the writer, uh, Kent Hughes, relates this story of a missionary to a remote tribe in Nigeria. And he relates the salvation experience of one of the locals. When he revealed the awesomeness of this new experience with God by saying this, Behind this universe stands one God. Not a great number of warring spirits, but one God. And this God loves me. Isn't that amazing? This God, the God of the universe, loves you. And I believe that we should all share in this wonder that God of the universe loves me. And it's through this sense of being loved that we can come to truly understand forgiveness. The wholeness that we've received about being forgiven. This God of the universe has shown us mercy and grace. So much so that we can call him Father. So this is amazing. It would have blown the disciples' socks off, put their head into a new space. Jesus provides the remedy by saying, Our Father who is in heaven. Father stresses the eminence of God. But who is in heaven? It puts him in the right context. He's not a, a slob waiting for a bus. He's not distant and far away. But he is on his throne. He is the creator of the world. 
the creator of the universe. He surpasses all that is human, but yet, whilst he's sovereign and he reigns, he is our father. Our father and our king, the one who loves us. So yes, the Lord's Prayer is a model to be prayed through. And we need to be mindful of our approach to him in our prayer life. We come to this intimate relationship, but yet before a sovereign God. Jesus wants them to discover the scope of their prayers and what is available to them. And we will look at that in the coming weeks. Because as we pray the Lord's Prayer, pray through the Lord's Prayer, we can see something of the magnificence of God, a father's heart longing for a child to communicate with him. Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Great is the relationship of God the Father who is in heaven. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you as a reminder that you are our Father, that there is that intimate relationship between father and child that we can approach you that we can show our respect and reverence for your holy name and we thank you that you love us that you care for us that you have forgiven us and you call us into a deeper relationship with you. A relationship of safety. A relationship of feeling loved. Being secure. Knowing your great power in our lives. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that dwells in us and stirs us. And so as we contemplate the words your son taught us, may we see the deep truths of your love in our lives. Amen.